Well, praise the Lord, everyone. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Amen. For our midweek Bible study, I'm excited about what God is doing. Amen. In the land, throughout the land. Amen. I'm so thankful for his goodness, his mercy, his truth, his blessings upon us. Amen. God, we bless you, Lord Jesus, tonight. God, we come into your presence again with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter your courts with praise, God. We're thankful for such a beautiful day that you have given us, oh God. We thank you for the beautiful sunshine that shines so bright upon us, oh God. I'm thankful, oh God, for you look beyond our faults and you see our needs today, oh Lord. And I am thankful, Lord God, that I have another opportunity, oh God, to open my lips, uh, to give you honor, to give you praise, to give you thanks, uh, to call upon the name that's above every other name, the name that is high and lifted up, whose train fills the temple. I am thankful, Jesus, for your revelation of truth. I am thankful for your wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding and your kindness and love towards us, O Lord. Uh, God, I pray for the bereaved tonight, O God, that you would come along beside them and comfort them, O God, as uh, only you can be the comforter in every place, O God. Uh, We don't understand all things, God, but we do know, according to your word, that all things do work together for good uh, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, I am thankful tonight, O God, uh, that you always hear us when we call, O Lord Jesus, that you are with us, O God. Your word tells me, Father, that you was wounded for my transgressions, you were bruised for mine iniquities, uh, and the chastisement of my peace is upon you, and with your stripes we are healed, and I'm thankful, Lord, uh, that there's a stripe for every situation that I face, uh, there's a stripe, oh God, for everything that I have need of, uh, every pain that I go through, God, there's a stripe, uh, everything I have need of, oh God, there's a stripe you've already already taken, O Lord. And I'm thankful, Lord God, that you have set an example. You have gone before me to make the way straight. And I ask you tonight, God, to go in every nursing home and to every hospital, and I pray for our nation tonight, Lord, and I pray for our families, uh, and I pray for every saint of God. I pray for our districts. Uh, oh, God, I pray for our district superintendent and our district board and our leaders. Uh, oh, God, our pastors and saints of the Most High God and our families and our loved ones around this globe, oh, God, uh, wherever they may be today, Lord God, I'm asking you, Lord, uh, to to give them encouragement, to give them strength, oh God, uh, to send a word of compassion and love that will touch into each and every heart, oh God, that you would lift up tonight, uh, that you would reach down tonight, oh God, upon Brother Hernandez, uh, as only you can, oh God, I know that you're able, Lord, uh, I pray for those that's been diagnosed with this coronavirus, oh God, uh, and I pray that you would touch, Lord, in every household. Uh, in every situation, oh God, I want your perfect will to be accomplished, Lord. Uh, in all things, Lord, we thank you today just for another chance, oh God, to say thank you, Lord God. Uh, Lord, all that are in heaven and earth is thine, and thine is the kingdom, uh, and thou art exalted above all, Lord, both riches and honor are thee, oh God, both power and might are in thy hands, uh, and in thy hand is to, to make great and to give greatness and strength to all. Uh, and I thank you, Lord, that we can bless your name, that we can praise your name, uh, and that we can glorify your name tonight, Jesus. Uh, Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your people under the sound of my voice. Uh, Let their hearts be melted like wax before you, Lord. Uh, Touch them again tonight, Lord. Encourage and strengthen them uh, in every place, oh God. And I thank you, Jesus. Uh, I thank you, Jesus. Uh, Praise God. Praise God. 
Well, who is this who for our sorrow offer comfort and relief? Bring in sunshine to the darkened shadow life. Saying softly, cease repining, lift thy soul above its grief. Let the peace pass, understanding still the strife. Oh, it is Jesus. Jesus, will sad ones weep no more. He has healed the broken hearted, open wide the prison's door. He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who come with healing for the heart, the blind, the lame, saying softly to the sinner, follow me. Only come in faith, believing as of old the people came, and the lame shall walk, the blind again shall see. Oh, it is Jesus. Jesus, will sad ones weep no more. He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Oh, it is Jesus, Jesus. Well, sad ones weep no more. He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who loves a sinner as a father loves his own? Grieving over those who spun his gentle plea. Always ready to forgive them and to make forgiveness known. Who is this forever calling you and me? Oh, it is Jesus. Jesus will sad ones weep no more. He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Oh, it is Jesus, Jesus, will sad ones weep no more. He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who for our sorrow offer comfort and relief, bring in sunshine to the dark and shadow life saying softly cease repining lift thy soul above its grief let the peace pass understanding still the strife oh it is jesus jesus Will sad ones weep no more? He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. Sad ones weep no more. He will heal the broken hearts. He will open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver 
evermore. Praise God. The Bible tells me that there's nothing impossible for God. Amen. That means if you take the word, a friend of mine sent me the word the other day. Amen. Impossible. Amen. If you look at the word impossible, praise God. The reason things are impossible with God is because I'm possible. Praise God. And I am possible. So with God, I can do all things, the Bible says, through Christ who strengtheneth me. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus in the third chapter said, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power which worketh in us. Amen. And Jesus has given us his power Amen. To work. We can work with this power that he's given us because nothing is impossible with God. As the Lord said to Abraham, Abraham, is there anything too hard for God? Praise God. I know not any. There is nothing too hard for God. He can just speak the word and it happens. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. And we invite you tonight. We're glad you're joining with us again tonight for Bible study. Amen. And so we're going to be talking and hopefully we'll get through this lesson tonight. And so do we can start next week on uh, being the living sacrifice and how we apply to our lives as being the living sacrifice. Amen. And we've been talking about compassion. And as I have said, you know, and our theme scripture for this month has been Jude, verse 22. Jude says, on some have compassion, make a difference. Amen. Others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even their garments spotted by the flesh. So on some have compassion. When we study and we watch Jesus' actions through the gospel, and then we monitor and we observe the teachings of the apostles in the epistles, we can see a compassion is being spread abroad from the time the early church, the New Testament church, should I say, was established. You see it immediately was established not only in word and doctrine, it was established in compassion. Amen. It was established in compaction. In Acts 2, the Bible tells me that in Acts 2.37, amen, that when they heard these things, they was pricked in their hearts, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that gladly received his words were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Amen. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. Amen. <laughs> Verse 43. <laughs> Excuse me. And fear came upon all every soul. <clears throat> Excuse me. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And amen. Notice this, verse 44. And all that believe were together and had all things common, and they sold their possessions and good and parted to all men as every man had need. Notice, amen. Compassion began to kick in as soon, excuse me, as the New Testament church was being established. And so, during our study, we have seen, as we was talking about having self-compassion, having compassion on ourselves, being able to pick ourselves up in trials and circumstances and things that we will go through in our lives. Amen. We have to be able to come to the realization that there are those times that 
we have to have compassion on ourselves, amen, and pick ourselves up, excuse me, and become what God is asking of us to become. We don't want to be critical of ourselves. We have seen this. There's too much inward struggles of individuals in the in the truth of the kingdom of God. People are continued to find in fault with themselves and continue to look at themselves as not being good enough in their being critical of their own selves. Amen. We don't want to do that as the child of God because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus has given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, he says, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. You have to realize what is in you. Amen. Amen. You've got to realize who you are in Christ. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature Oh, things are passed away, and behold, all things become new, Second Corinthians 5.17. So as new creatures in Christ, you don't ever want to be critical of yourself for making mistakes and things that you did wrong in your past. Amen. You want to live your life in a new way. The Bible tells us in Romans 6 that we were risen to walk in newness, of life and Jesus has come to give us life and that more abundantly. So as a newborn again Christian, I've got to live. I've got to keep my joy in its rightful place. Amen. The joy of the Lord is always my strength. I have to get up and I have to motivate myself and I have to look myself in the mirror and I have to tell me that God is doing some great things in me and God is going to work all things for my good and God is going to use me in, in areas that I've never seen and God is going to take me places that I've never been before. Amen. And I have to motivate myself to be what God says about me and not what the enemy is saying about me. Amen. See, the enemy is always going to want to make you think that you're never good enough. He's going to always try to get you to be critical of yourself and to be critical of others. But you have to have compassion on yourself. Amen. And pick yourself up. And because you don't want to, as we said last week, you don't want to isolate yourself. You don't want to isolate yourself from the body of God. God has brought you to the table. God has brought you to the kingdom, as Mordecai told Esther, for such a time as this. Amen. Right now, in this pandemic that we're in, right now, in this coronavirus thing that we're going through, God may have brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. To be used in the kingdom of God, to show forth compassion, to open up, amen, understanding to others about the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you become critical of yourself and you isolate yourself and you sit in your house and you look at the four walls and you find pity party and you begin to beat yourself up, you're not going to be used effectively in the kingdom of God. Amen. You should be writing down prayer requests and praying, going to the Lord, amen, and seeking God on behalf of your loved ones and your neighbors and your co-workers, amen. You should be calling and asking, is there anything I can pray about? Uh, is there anything I can help you with? Uh, amen. You should, compassion should be flowing out of our pores, amen, like none else uh, in this time of, of trial, because the reason and then is you and I, amen, as the children of God, uh, we have the truth uh, of God's word, amen. And he says to you and me, Jesus says in John thirteen fifteen, he says to the disciples, uh, he says, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Amen. He has given us an example. He has was a humble leader. He was a servant leader. Amen. And that compassion of Jesus flowed. So Jesus says, I have given you an example. Amen. And we see, as I said earlier, 
through studying of God's Word, he was constantly moved with compassion. The Bible says when he saw the multitude as sheep without a shepherd, he was moved with compassion, and he went about to do something about it. Amen. And Matthew 9, Matthew says, Amen. That he saw the multitude. He, he was moved. Amen. With compassion. Amen. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Uh, amen. Matthew 9, 35 uh, through 38. Praise God. It says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness, and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them, because what? They fainted uh, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Uh, and he said unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors uh, and to his harvest. Notice, he saw them, notice what it says there, amen, as sheep without a shepherd, uh, and also he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted. They fainted. In other words, one translator says it's not saying that they was weary and it's not saying they was tired, but it, it was though they had been attacked constantly by the wolf. In other words, the devil had been constantly on them, amen, and scattering them. And think about that. As we look at our world today, the enemy of our soul has been constantly bombarding people and scattering people and inflicting fear in people, amen. And therefore, you and I must be moved with compassion as he was moved with compassion, amen, and do something about the situation, praise God, we have got to be moved uh, by our circumstances that is around us. Uh, Jesus says, look up your eyes and look on the field because it's white unto harvest. Amen. We can have a great harvest right now in this pandemic uh, that we're going through because people are confused. They are being scattered abroad, amen, by the enemy of their soul. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we are following the example that Jesus has given us. What did Jesus do to us and for us? Amen. The Bible tells us that he saved us. Jesus reached down and he saved us. He healed us. He forgave us. He loved us. And he redeemed us. Amen. There's five things right there that Jesus did for us. Amen. And so Jesus says, I have given you an example. I've saved you. This is why Jude tell us on some have compassion. Make a difference. Amen. Notice verse 23. Others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even their garments spotted by the flesh in verse 23. Amen. Of Jude. Praise God. We, we got to start saving people. I know God is the one that can save, but he has given us the power and the directions and the instructions uh, and the truth of his word, how to get people saved. Amen. We teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we teach them who Jesus was. We teach them the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how it applied to their lives, uh, and God will save them. Amen. Notice what Peter did on the, the day of Pentecost. Uh, he says, save yourselves from this untoward generation. But before he said that comment, he told them about Jesus Christ. Uh, he told them about the one that could and save them. Neither, Peter says in Acts 
love is their salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. So we have to save people. You've got to throw out the lifeline. Amen. People are drowning. People are sinking. You have the life vest. You have the life preserver. Throw it out there. Amen. And let them take hold of it. Amen. As the sailors began to look for a man that would fall off a ship, they searched for them. They called man overboard. They start looking for him because they want to save him. Many are overboard. Many are sinking. Amen. And we have the life preserver. Jesus says, I've given you an example. Amen. He healed us. Praise God. Think about it. He was wounded for our transgressions, Isaiah says in 53. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. He healed us. Amen. And we can heal others. Amen. We have Paul writing to the church at Corinthians and the 12th chapter. He was talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And he says, is given to one the gifts of healing. Praise God. If I can heal a person's troubled mind, I can probably heal their physical situation. Because most people's physical situation is associated with their mental situation. Amen. If you can get a person's mind stayed back in the right place, amen, they can deal with the physical uh, illness that is going on in their bodies. Praise God. So we have that gift. Of healings. Uh, we can encourage. We can build up. Uh, we can show compassion. Amen. Of what they're going through to help heal them, to bring them out of that darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, amen. He forgave us. Amen. Paul, right into the church at Ephesus in the fourth chapter. Amen. He, he starts this chapter out uh, uh, talking about what God has placed in the, the uh, apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Uh, but notice verse 32 in the fourth chapter. Paul says to the church here at Ephesus, amen, he says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, Forgiven one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. See, God has given us the example. If you think like I think of all the junk that I was in and all the sin and mess that I was going through, God forgave me. Amen. And so, therefore, if he forgave me, then I should be willing to forgive others uh, that has transgressed or trespassed against me. Amen. I want to forgive others of their wrong. Amen. I don't want to hold it against them. Praise God. I want to show forth the compassion that he has shown to me. That God loved me. The Bible tells me in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So if God loved me, John says, beloved, we ought to love one another. Look at 1 John chapter 4 verse 7. Amen. First John chapter 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For God is love, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Verse 9. And this is manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son unto the world. Amen. That he might live through him. Next verse. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for us. Beloved, if God loved us, 
we ought also to love one another. Amen. God loved us. Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend. And God laid down his life for you and I because he loved us. Amen. As Moses told the children of Israel, you, you weren't more than anybody else. He says, God loves you. Amen. And God loves you and he loves me. And so if God loves us, beloved, we ought to love one another. This is part of the great commandment. Uh, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, uh, and love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hangs all the law and the prophet. And Jesus says in John thirteen thirty four, by this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one to another. If I don't have love, if I am not controlled and led by love, then that means I don't have any compassion. I don't have compassion in my heart. Amen. For others. Amen. In John 13, 35. Praise God. And, and he redeemed us. Amen. He redeemed us. Look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seal thereof, for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Amen. He has redeemed us. Praise God. He's brought us out of that dark mire clay, and he has established our goings. So if he's redeemed us, we ought to be redeeming others. Amen. We should be getting them back. Amen. We should be buying them back and with our lives. Amen. Going out to try to bring them in, to get them, lift up our eyes. Amen. And this is where compassion comes in as the example that he has given us. He has given us an example of compassion and everything that he did for us. So I don't want to be critical of myself. I don't want to isolate myself. I don't want to be all self-absorbed that is all about me. Amen. Me, 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 me. Amen. I don't want to have the attitude of Herod, that narcissist attitude. There are so many people, amen, that call themselves Christians that it's all about them. Amen. It's either my way or it's the highway. Amen. That's a narcissist attitude, and you don't want to have that kind of attitude in the kingdom of God. you got to move with compassion. If you're not being moved by compassion, amen, then you need to get to the altar. You need to fall on your face before God, and you need to renew your understanding of who Jesus Christ is because he's a compassionate God, and we need to be moved with compassion. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and verse 19, Luke chapter 4, Verse 18 and verse 19. Jesus has just been tempted by Satan and he's been out in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and he comes into the synagogue and they hand him the book to read and he turned to the prophet Isaiah and he opens it up in verse 18 and he began to say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Notice what his mission is here. First, to preach the gospel 
to the poor. Amen. But but notice what he says first that it's upon him. The Spirit. Why do I need the Spirit? And what is the Spirit? Amen. The Spirit is the Spirit of God. Amen. And the reason I need it is because Paul tell me in Romans 8 and 9 that if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of him. Amen. And so if I say that I belong to Jesus, uh, then I should have his Spirit. Uh, his Spirit should be in me. Praise God. Now, Jesus tell me also in John chapter 6, verse 63, amen, John 6, 63, Jesus says, the flesh profited nothing. He says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. The spirit quickeneth. In other words, the spirit is what gives me life. The spirit is what gives me what I need to survive and to live. It's what renews my soul. Amen. And so we have to understand that if I don't have the spirit of God, I'm none of his. I'm still in darkness. I'm still lost. And so if I'm not moved with compassion, then I need to be looking in the mirror and asking myself, do I I really have God's spirit. Amen. Because if I'm not moved by the example he has given me, then something is missing inside of me. If I am not operating the same way that Jesus operated, then I'm missing something inside of me. Praise God. Because when you look at the early church, Amen. In Acts 2, they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. Praise God. And it was because they had the Spirit of God. They stayed in what Jesus had taught them and what Jesus had showed them and what Jesus had told them to do. They stayed in the gospel, because the gospel is the death, uh, it is the burial, it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the power that Jesus said that you would receive to be able to tread on serpents and scorpions uh, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means would hurt you or hurt, harm you. It is the Spirit that directs and leads you and guides you. It is that thing that is inside of you that Jesus says we will take up residence in you. So are you moved with compassion? You don't want to be critical of yourself. The gospel, the good news, how beautiful of the feet of him that bring good tidings of great joy and publish in peace. Praise God. That's what you're doing. When you're bringing the gospel to people's hearts and their minds, you have to always share the gospel through the eyes of compassion. You have always got to share the gospel through the eyes of love because God is love. Amen. You've always got to be moved by, by the love of God. You should never go out there trying to share God's word if you're not moved with compassion. Because the enemy is just not going to let you walk into his territory. Sometimes you're going to wind up with people rejecting you. Sometimes you might be teaching a Bible study and all of a sudden somebody, a husband or wife comes in and get mad and start cursing and swearing and calling you all kinds of names. But if you're not moved with love, you're going to respond in kind. But if you are moved with compassion, you're going to see those that are swearing and cursing. You're going to see through the lens of Jesus uh, that they need the love of God as much as the person that you're trying to teach. Praise God. You've got to preach the gospel. Amen. It is the story of those five things that God did for us. <laughs> How he saved us. How he healed us. Amen. How he redeemed us. 
Praise God, how he loved us. Think about it. The things that this gospel brings. This is a compassion gospel. Amen. For God so loved the world. Amen. He was moved with compassion. And we must be moved the same way. He has sent you to heal the broken hearts. Amen. Hearts are broken. Can you imagine the numbers of hearts that is being broken right now because people, loved ones are dying and they're not able to do closure. They're not able to, you know, share love with their, their loved ones that are passing off. And there's so many broken hearts uh, right now. Amen. And we have to be there. We've got to be that listeneth ear. We've got to, you know, be able to comfort from a distance. Uh, we've got to be able to have that listeneth ear and, and be able to just uh, offer a word of encouragement uh, and strengthen them through the word of God and through prayer and through love. Uh, we've got to be moved uh, with compassion, he has sent us to heal the broken hearted. Amen. Amen. And to bind up the wounds. Uh, praise God. He has sent us. Uh, Amen. To preach deliverance uh, to the captives. Uh, amen. Many people are captive. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, by their will, uh, by the will of Satan. As Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 2, he said, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but he must be gentle, apt to teach, uh, patient towards all men, opposing them that, are, that are redeeming them that oppose themselves, that they may cover them out of the snares of the devil which has taken them captive at his will. Amen. Satan has captivated so many. He has captivated their minds through drugs uh, and alcohol and pornography uh, and all kinds of things. Uh, he have them captivated uh, so bad. He's got many captivated in greed for the old green dollar. He's got them captivated, uh, amen, to the internet. He's got them captivated, uh, amen, to themselves. And so you and I, which have the gospel, the truth, we have been sent uh, to set at liberty, uh, amen, them that are bruised uh, and open the prisons uh, to them that are captive. Uh, many in perversion, amen, need compassion. Many that are alcoholics uh, need compassion. Many that are prostitutes uh, need compassion. Many, amen, that are in trouble in many situations, some of their own doing and some not of their own doing, but they need compassion. And that's why God has given you the gospel. Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that be, be, believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they have drinking any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Amen. So we have this gospel. Amen. This compassion gospel. Amen. To be able. So how does this gospel of compassion apply to you and me? And and that's the I want to spend this last 15 minutes or so in our study tonight looking at some things, how it is applicable to our own lives. Now, now we look at the story of the Good Samaritan. Let's, let's look at Luke chapter, uh, 10. Luke chapter 10. Start with verse 30. Start with verse 30 here. Luke 10, 30. And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by some chance there came down a certain priest that way, and 
when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he saw, was at that place, came and looked on him and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound him his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his beast, and brought him to the inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three think thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Notice this story. See, the the lawyer wanted to know who was his neighbor. And Jesus tells him a story of compassion. You see, when you look at the story, it don't tell me anything about the man that is wounded, the man that is hurt, none of that. It don't tell me anything. So that tells me that God isn't concerned about a person's color. He's not concerned where the individual came from. He's not concerned about his nation, his origin. No matter where the individual come from, Jesus is saying to you and me, amen, have compassion. Praise God. The, The good Samaritan, he sees the man is in need. Amen. And when the golden rule is applied, amen, as Jesus says in Matthew 7, 12, that you do unto others as you would have them to do unto you, you are applying the golden rule. Amen. So if I'm walking by and I see an individual laying there that's hurt, amen, and I don't do anything to try to help the individual, I don't stop, uh, I don't go to check out the situation, then where's my compassion? Amen. How does Christ, how can I say Christ is in me if I'm not doing anything to try to help the situation? You know, Yes, I could drive on by, or I could stop if I think, what would I do? You know, you, you, you remember there for years, people walked around with these bracelets and T-shirts, says WWJD. No, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Well, Jesus has told us the story of what he would do. Amen. He would help the individual. He would take care of the individual. And that's what you and I have got to get into the habit and the mindset of doing, is showing compassion on others. When we look at Exodus chapter 2 and verse 6, we see that the Pharaoh, amen, had, had, had commanded that all the midwives... Killed all the baby boys. You know the story of Moses. They had commanded that the midwives killed all the baby boys, but Moses' mother and father hid him for three months, the Bible tells me. And when they couldn't hide him anymore, the mother made an ark for him, and she put him in the ark, uh, and she sent Miriam with it down the Nile River. But at the same time, God had orchestrated. Amen. And here comes Pharaoh's daughter down to the river, the babe, uh, and she sees the ark, uh, and she opens it, and Moses is crying, and she takes him out, amen. And the Bible says, and she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children, amen. She could have thrown him right back, amen. I'm sure she probably knew the command of her father. She had probably heard the screaming of the Hebrew women when their children were being killed. Amen. But when she saw that ark open and she saw Moses, she was moved 
with compassion. Amen. There are many babies today that are being destroyed. Amen. And we need to start having some compassion on the children. Amen. We need to have compassion to help the children in our neighborhood. We need to have compassion to be able to teach the children and to help take care of the children. We never know that the child that we saved may one day save you. Amen. That's what happened to Moses. If you don't realize it, amen, Miriam followed that ark, amen, through those weeds to look. And when Pharaoh's daughter opened it up, amen, and she had compassion on Moses, Miriam was right there, amen. And as a result, she said, would you like for me to go get one of the Hebrew women to, to be a nurse for her? And she said, go. And Miriam went right back home and got her mother. And her mother took care of her own son. Amen. And years later, when God smoked Miriam for speaking out against Moses, amen, it was Moses that stood in the gap and saved her. Amen. I come to tell you, somebody under the sound of my voice, the child in your neighborhood that you're having compassion on, that child that may not be what others might think. Amen. You have compassion on that child because that child may one day be what saved you. Amen. In this world. Praise God. We've got to be moved with compassion. Paul writing to the church of Galatia in the sixth chapter, verse one through three says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which a spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou be also tempted. Bear you one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. If a person is overtaken in something, you know, restore them. Help them. Pick them up. Don't leave them there to be destroyed. Amen. Help pull them up. Amen. But let me say this. People will need to realize if they truly need to want to be restored, they have to have a heart of repentance. See, what most, what I have found with most people, when you're trying to restore them, they won't take responsibility for their own wrong. The Bible says, godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Not to be repented of, but sorrow of the world work at death. See, when I'm wrong, I need to repent. I need to come clean, and I need to let somebody that's trying to help me, help me. Amen. So, if they're overtaken in a fault, then you which are spiritual, restore, help them, pull them up, considering yourself. Amen. Lest you be also tempted. Praise God. I want to read a little story here. Amen. Maybe you've heard it. This is a story that I was uh, able to get here. This is a story that... uh, Just a minute. This is a story about by Paul Harvey. Whoops, it was by Paul Harvey. <laughs> Amen. He he told this story once, and I thought it was fitting. And so so bear with me here as I read this. He said there was once a man named George Thomas, a pastor in a small New England town. One Easter Sunday morning, he came to the church carrying a rusty bird, old bird cage, bent up. And he set it by the pulpit. Several eyebrows was raised, and as if response, Pastor Thomas began to speak. He said, I was walking through town yesterday when I saw a young boy coming 
towards me swinging this bird cage. On the bottom of the cage was three little wild birds shriveling with cold and fright. I stopped the lad and asked, What you got there, son? Oh, just some old birds, came the reply. What are you going to do with them, I asked. Take them home and have fun with them, he answered. I'm going to tease them, pull out their feathers to make them fight. I'm going to have a real good time. But you'll get tired of those birds, son, sooner or later. What will you do then? Oh, I got a cat, said the little boy. They like birds. I'll take them to him. The pastor was silent for a moment. How much do you want for those birds, son? Uh, why do you want these birds, mister? They're just plain old field birds. They don't sing. They ain't even pretty. How much, the pastor asked again. The boy said, sized up the pastor as was crazy and said, ten dollars. The pastor reached in his pocket and took out a ten dollar bill. He placed it in the boy's hand and in a flash the boy was gone. The pastor picked up the cage and gently carried it to the end of the alley where there was a tree and a grassy spot. Setting the cage down, he opened the door and softly tapped on the bars, persuading the birds out, setting them free. Well, that explains the empty bird cage on the pulpit. And then the pastor began to tell this story. One day, Satan and Jesus was having a conversation. Satan had just come from the Garden of Eden, and he was gloating and boasting. Yes, sir, I just caught the world full of people down there. Set me a trap and bait. I knew they couldn't resist. Got them all. What are you going to do with them, asked Jesus. Satan replied, Oh, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to teach them how to marry and divorce each other, how to hate and abuse each other, how to drink and smoke and curse. I'm going to teach them how to invent guns and bombs and kill each other. I'm going to have fun. And what will you do when you get done with them, Jesus asked. Oh, I'm going to kill them, Satan said proudly. How much do you want for them, Jesus asked. Oh, you don't want these people, said Satan. They ain't no good. Why, you'll take them and they'll hate you. They'll spit on you, curse you, and kill you. You don't want all those people. How much? Jesus asked again. Satan looked at Jesus and snared. All your tears and all your blood. Jesus says, done. And then he paid the price. He was moved with compassion. On some have compassion. Make a difference. Others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even their garments spotted with blood. As Paul told the church at Philippi in the second chapter, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, 
being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise God. On some have compassion. And as his children and as his people, we need to be moved with compassion for the lost. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you again, God, for your love that you have showed us, God. We're thankful again for the compassion that you showed to us, oh God. The example that you have given us, oh God, of compassion. May we be moved with compassion, Lord, for the lost. Amen, God. And help us, Lord God, melt our callous hearts, no matter what it costs, oh God. Please move us with compassion for the lost. And we thank you this day in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We thank you for joining. Amen. Our service will still be uh, until things change online, advertising and uh, videoing online. Amen. Prayer Sunday morning at 9 o'clock in your home. Amen. And also 9.30, our discipleship class. Please join us for that. And then our worship service at 10.30. Amen. You can log in on our Facebook account at Calvary Apostolic Church, comma, UPCI or CACLacrosse.org. Amen. And we look forward to you being with us. Amen. Again and again. God bless you. Be safe. Amen. And know that our love and prayers is with each and every one of you. And if you need to contact us, you can contact us through one of these uh, websites that is listed. Amen. God bless you.